0: Uh, If you don't know me, I'm Matt, one of the leaders here at Liberty Church. Uh, In the build-up to Christmas, we're working through uh, the first couple of chapters of the book of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, which tells, uh, I guess you could call it Jesus' origin story. It gives us a window into what happened at the very beginning of Jesus' life and even before he was born. And uh, we're going to read a story today about uh, when the angel Gabriel comes to Jesus' mother, Mary. So I'm going to read those verses to us now, and then we'll pray, and then we will look at this passage together. So this is from verse 26 of the book of Luke, chapter 1. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth And the angel answered here, "'The Holy Spirit will come upon you. "'The power of the Most High will overshadow you. "'Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, "'the Son of God. "'And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age "'has also conceived the Son. "'And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, "'for nothing will be impossible with God. "'And Mary said, "'Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord.' Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Jesus, we thank you for your word. that We find in this book, the Bible, that speaks to us, that transforms us little by little to become more like you. And we pray today as we look at these words that you would indeed speak, bring change into our lives. And more than anything, would we know your love your kindness, your grace towards us, your favour towards us, that despite what we might think, nothing's impossible with you. So you've sent your love into our hearts. And I pray these words would help us to see you and find you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The uh, writer and philosopher who lived about 100 years ago, G.K. Chesterton, He said this, truth must necessarily be stranger than fiction, for fiction is the creation of the human mind and therefore congenial to it. What he means by that is no matter how skillful our fiction, our storytelling, our imagination might be, all of it has to flow from what we know to be true." that anything we could dream up in our mind has to be based on something, that even the most elaborate science fiction movie or story has to have its roots in truth, because otherwise, where would, it, where would it come from? And in that sense, truth has to be stranger than fiction. Perhaps you might look back at some of the world events of the last few years and think, yeah, that's, that's true. Things have happened that we would never have imagined that have surprised us beyond any, any extent. Because in many ways, truth is stranger than fiction. And if you come to this story of how this angel Gabriel comes to this virgin Mary and says that she'll conceive by the Holy Spirit and have a child who is, becomes the king of the whole universe and has a kingdom with no end. If you really think about that story, you think, that's, let's be honest, that's a strange story. <laughs> Indeed, the truth here really is stranger than fiction. It's a story that perhaps we're a bit over-familiar with if you're a follower of Jesus. You've probably heard this story many times. But maybe if you're new to Christianity or you're watching this and you're not a believer in Jesus at all, This story is a bit unusual, a bit odd. We're going to be honest about that. But despite that, what we find is, however strange this might be, we believe it is true. Not only that, it's not just true, it's the truth. It's the most important story you'll ever read. Let me read another quote to you from a... Another writer who lived about 100 years ago, John Williamson Nevin, he said the incarnation, the incarnation means the coming of Jesus Christ to live amongst us. The incarnation is the key that unlocks the sense of all God's works and brings to light the true meaning of the universe. The incarnation forms thus the central fact of the world. That's a big, big claim. That this story about Jesus coming to live amongst us is the central fact of the world. That all of creation, the whole universe, all of time, all of history, hinges on this moment, on this story of Jesus coming to live amongst us. Because we're taught that the answer lies in self-discovery that if you want to find happiness fulfillment if you want to find meaning in the world if you want to find your purpose what you're made to do if you want to find some sense even of spirituality of transcendence what you need to do we're told by the world is to look inside of ourselves to find the answers in here if you want to know your identity you look inside of yourself If you want to plot the course of your life, who you want to be, what you want to be like, we're told that we should look within. But actually, the Bible says something quite different. The Bible says that the answer, that all the answers lie not in discovering yourself, but in discovering Jesus. And I don't just mean discovering an an intellectual truth or an idea or a philosophy but a person, Jesus Christ. Not just a weird spirit being, but a man just like us, but yet fully God, truth, the person that guides and gives us, gives you the answers that your heart is searching for. So let's take a moment and look at that word, the incarnation. If this really is the key, what does that mean? The German preacher Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that in Jesus Christ, the reality of God entered into the reality of this world. That's what the incarnation is, very simply. It's Jesus Christ, the reality of God, stepping into the reality of Our world. John chapter one, verse 14 says, and the word, God, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. See, Jesus enters the reality of the world. God steps down, but he arrives in the same way that all of us do. He, he arrives in a, in a womb, a tiny embryo, life that grows and forms with inside Mary, kicking, moving around, just like all of us did, born in, in, you know, I've been at four births and I won't tell you the stories of them, but Jesus arrived into the world exactly the same way that all of us have. In this story we meet his family, we meet his mum, Mary, his dad, Joseph. Later on you can meet his brothers, you meet his family. We discover he has a family tree, a story, just like all of us do. He's thoroughly human. This isn't like E.T. or Baby Yoda, some kind of alien life form with these amazing powers that just kind of moves around zapping everything from his cot. This is a This is a baby just like us. Tiny little human being born into the world. And in a very humble human way, Jesus comes to us. And this man, this baby, Jesus Christ, he steps into a world that's just like our world. Although we can read this story and it seems kind of ancient and unfamiliar and distant to us, it's really not that different. Jesus steps into a world where the, uh, in, in Nazareth, as the story tells us, into a nation that was under enemy occupation, that the Romans were governing this nation. They had this murderous, horrible king on the throne, Herod. They were seeking some kind of political overthrow. All the Jews wanted to get rid of this guy. We tell this story of what's called the slaughter of the innocents where Herod, who hears this story of Jesus, tries to hunt him down, starts killing off all the other firstborn babies that are born around this time. Jesus and his family have to flee as a bit like as refugees to Egypt to escape. Jesus was born into a world of chaos and upheaval of Confusion, of danger, even, and in many ways is very similar to the world around us today. If we look past this COVID time that we've all lived through, if we look beyond that to the world around us, there's many things that seem very similar to this story we find in Jesus' life. We read of poverty, of war, of injustice. Even in Ethiopia over the last few months, nearly 50,000 people have had to flee to neighbouring Sudan to escape war there. Half of those children left their homes, had to escape. In Yemen over the last few years, they think at least a quarter of a million people have died in the war there. Stories that we don't really talk about so much. We're so consumed with our own problems of when will we get a vaccine? When will we be able to find a way through? When will life return to normal? And we forget that for many people, they've never really had a normal in their lives. And it's probably impossible that that normal will will ever return for them. We can look around the world and say, when will there be peace? When will our world be fixed? And we yearn for something greater, something better. We yearn for peace. We we yearn for hope, for kindness, for justice all around us. That's a good, right yearning that we have in our hearts. And the good news for us is that not only does Jesus enter the reality of our world as a tiny baby, he steps into our world as broken as it was and broken as it is. He steps in as as God. The Bible teaches us that the world was created by, through, and for him. That's what it says in Colossians chapter one. In Hebrews it says that even the whole universe is upheld by his words that Jesus is holding all of creation together. In Ephesians, it says, all things in heaven and earth will finally be united in him. This one who was there at the beginning, right at the beginning of time, forming the world, who's holding the whole universe together, he steps down to become like one of us and at the same time, very unlike any of us. It says in this story that he will be great. Verse 32, it says that that Jesus will be great. We talk a lot about people who are truly great, heroes of ours, but none of them even come close to the greatness we find in Jesus Christ. We hear the story of the son of the most high, the son of God who stepped down to be with us, the one who's, Holy, who lives this perfect life of sinless perfection, the one who's come to be a king on the throne of David, reigning forever, reigning over a kingdom with no end. Jesus has arrived to usher in a new kingdom of peace, of hope, of love. And even despite the humble beginnings of Jesus arriving to this poor, Family 2,000 years ago of having to escape as a refugee, the humble beginnings of Jesus' life. Something seismic has happened here. Something world-changing has taken place in this story. And why is that? Why is the incarnation, why is Jesus coming to be born such a big deal? Why is it so important? first of all jesus comes to us to reveal the father he comes to reveal god we meet the reality of god in the face of jesus christ maybe you've prayed that prayer maybe maybe you really want to believe in god maybe you want you read these stories and you really want it to be true maybe you've prayed god if you if you would just reveal yourself if i could just see you and God says you can you can come and meet Jesus and everything you would want to know about God you can find in him you can read his story in these gospels in this book and you can meet him in your heart he wants to, to know you to reveal the love of the father to you and maybe that hasn't been your desire. Maybe you've never asked that question, prayed that prayer. But you know in your heart a sense of of longing, a sense of thirsting. That there's something about your life that just doesn't add up. That the pieces don't just don't quite fit together. That there's something inside of you that you've tried to find a meaning for it, a purpose for it, and everything you've put your hopes in has fallen short. And that desire in your heart is is a Godward desire. God's put that in all of us, in every human being, a desire for worship, a desire to have relationship with our creator. He wants to know you. All of your longings... Your desires, all of your unanswered questions, your doubts, your fears, your hopes, all of them find their answer in Jesus Christ in this story. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. He also came to reveal to us true humanity. We spend so much of our life trying to figure out how to. To do, do the best. We feed on all sorts of self-help books and podcasts and TV shows telling us the right things to eat, the right exercise to do, the right clothes to wear, the right things to do to fit in, to make life work, to sort of do the best, get the most out of life. We look up to superior people, people that we think have got life together And yet the the true example we really need, we all find in the life of Jesus Christ. He's the only human being that's ever lived a perfect, flawless life. He's our example. It says here he's holy. He's the exemplary human being that we can look to and find find the, the path of peace, as it says later on in this book. He will guide your ways in the path of peace if you put your trust, put your hope in him. He came to reveal true humanity. He also came to save us from our untrue humanity. See, Jesus steps into human flesh. He comes to dwell amongst us as one of us with a clear purpose in mind, to save us to save us from ourselves. He steps into our very beings, our very flesh, to save us from it. Jesus came to be our sacrificial substitute, to save us from our sins. Now, maybe that all sounds a bit like religious jargon, gobbledygook to you, but yet at the same time, you, you know that you can't fix yourself. You've tried. You've tried to live the best you, to be the best version of yourself. And you do pretty well for a day or a week or a month. But ultimately, you know your flaws, your weaknesses, your failings. And we look around the city, the world around us. We see so much that perhaps you've just become desensitized to it, but there's so much around us that is sad. So many attempts to fix our broken humanity and it seems like we're just caught in the same cycles that just repeat themselves over and over again. That we'd like to think that humanity is progressing towards some kind of human utopia, but we're not. We just make the same mistakes over and over again. God has sent an answer. God has sent someone to save us. It says in Galatians 4 when the fullness of time had come, at the very right time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. See, that's the only answer that God's called you to to know him, to be his son, his daughter, to adopt you into his family. And the only way that will take place is by a, a redemption, a rescue, where Jesus has come to take the place for you. He's come to live a perfect human life, in place of your failed, broken life. That all of our sins and failings, he'll take upon himself. He has taken upon himself. That he died for all of those things. So you might have life. See, Jesus came to penetrate our sinful human nature and perform a recreative, redemptive work from within. That from within us, he births a new reality. He saves us. See, finally, Jesus, he came to bring peace. That's what Jesus came to do. And this truth it is stranger than fiction. But in this story, we learn that nothing's impossible with God. If anything was impossible with God, then he wouldn't be God at all. But with God, nothing's impossible. And he stepped in to write this peculiar yet wonderful story to give you hope and to give you peace. See, this ruler steps into the world, but he doesn't come with a vast army to just force everyone into submission. He arrives as this helpless babe, but to bring about this new kingdom, this kingdom of peace. And he does that by changing us little by little, one by one, to become followers of him. And he does that as a wonderful act of his grace. I'm gonna finish with the words of angel Gabriel to Mary, who when she's shocked by his arrival, the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You found favour with God. And yet, if you were to read Mary's backstory, there's there's nothing particularly remarkable about her. She was probably just a teenager, just a a young woman, just finding a way in life. And yet God comes to her and says, you found favour with God. Why? Because God chose to. And that's how each of us finds favour with God. Not because of anything we've done or anything we've earned, but in his sovereign love and grace, he's chosen to bestow, to lavish his grace, his favour on us. And anyone who finds favour in the sight of God has nothing to fear. We can know now perfect peace whatever season or circumstance you're walking through, you can find perfect peace because of Jesus, because now he's poured his favor out on you. I'm gonna pray for us and then the band are gonna come and lead us in some songs of worship. Jesus, I wanna pray for anyone watching this who perhaps they're not a follower of you or maybe they're not sure whether they are or not. I pray that right now, you would draw their hearts to you, that you would pour out your love on them and they would know that today they can find favour with God, that they can know perfect peace in you, not because of anything they've accomplished or anything they've done, any kind of standard of perfection they've reached, but solely and completely because of your love and forgiving and purifying grace. And I pray that for all of us who are watching today, that we would know your favour again. That this Christmas time, we would know peace in our hearts because with you, we have nothing to fear. However horrible the world around us might seem, however confusing and frustrating we might find the season we're in, that ultimately we can find peace with you because we have favour with God. Pray right now, Holy Spirit, you make that truth come alive in our hearts as we sing. Jesus' name, amen.